Welcome back, Hogline Nation, to the latest installment of the Hogline Podcast. I am your solo host today, and yes, your actual solo host, uh, Mitchell's not with us for the first time since uh, over a year. I texted him when he said it wasn't he wasn't going to be on this episode. He said, uh, wow, my first uh, non-episode since October 3rd, 2019. Like, he already had the date ready. <laughs> I think um, we, streak there. I think we did one without Mitchell. I think we did. We did one. Um, that was like freshman year of college. We that did, was a long time ago. Yeah, the first yeah, so hockey I, one we did. We did. You're right. But there's only a, a, a very few that mid, of the 118 episodes Mitchell's not been on. Probably like four. And this one wow. of them was a special one. Uh, he's holding us back. Let's but uh, those are my guests interjecting there. Uh, we have our hockey experts because uh, we're doing our 2021 NHL preview. Uh, so I'm joined by Francis Joseph Carter. Say hello, Frankie. What's up, everybody? Good to have hockey back. I can't wait. 116 days straight. There's going to be hockey every night. Wow. That's cool. Let's go. And then we got uh, in the left corner, Alex William Templin. Thanks for having me back. Uh, love being on the pod. Nice. So today, as I said, we're going to... <laughs> preview nhl um season kicks off tomorrow we're recording january 12th um 56 game season am i correct on that yes um, i think so correct. division realignment so. yes uh division realignment of north west the north is just the canada teams west east um to obviously reduce as much travel as possible um and you, they're only playing teams within those uh their respective divisions um i don't believe there's i mean i guess that's what's that's probably all that's different i think um unless i'm missing something uh, there's, a, there's a few uh, things uh, i wanted to touch on i uh, like you said um, sure. North Division is all Canada due to travel restrictions on the border. Right. Um, and then there was some other realignment. Uh, so in the three in the three American divisions, each team will play each other seven times. And then right. in the North Division, uh, there's only seven teams as opposed to the eight in the other divisions. So uh, some of those teams are going to play each other up to ten times. Um, so there'll be quite some battles there up north. Um, but there there was a, an amendment to the offsides rule. Um, starting this season, a player yeah. no longer has to be in contact with the blue line to be considered onside. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna take away some of those uh, you know really close uh, replay calls for the offsides. Um, open up the game a little bit more. If if this was in effect last season, there would have been 14 more total goals. So it's not not a crazy mm. rule change, but uh, does open it up a little. Um, but I think I hope that rule doesn't uh, start like players don't start you know lifting up their skate like two feet off the ice and like uh, true yeah and outside the zone to get on side uh, I think that could be a potential downside of the rule. Why uh, is that? Why they change it? Because just to have more goals scored, do you think? Uh, well, it's that that is so that's such a close play and the offsides are reviewable now and uh with the coach's challenge uh, and it's so close 
uh, to even see if the blade is touching the, the edge of the white outside the blue line. Um, so it's just going to eliminate that confusion there, basically. Yeah, it's okay. like a bang. It's like a bang bang play. You're never 100% sure of. So they're just, you know, they're kind of right. just giving the, the benefit of the doubt to the offense now, I guess. Which I like. Gotcha. I mean, it's fine. It does not make that big of a difference. I don't think, at least. Yeah. And there will be a taxi squad uh, for each team this season. Uh, that's going to be between four and six additional players. Uh, and those players are going to they'll practice with the team, and some of them may travel as well. Uh, all teams will have to have at least three goalies on the roster between the active roster and the taxi squad to avoid uh, an emergency goalie situation. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any other major changes. Uh, I don't think we really wanted to get into COVID protocols. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, the, the NHL, the NHL is obviously a little hard pressed for cash this season, so they did. Um, they started doing the ads on helmets, um, mm. so that to help recoup some of the lost revenues. And I'm sure there's yeah. going to be a ton of more ads around the arena. And you know, if there's no fans in the stands, there's going to be ads covering the seats. Just anything to get some of that money back. I know from the playoffs last year, Batman. So the um, what's the are the who, what do you call it? The NHL. What's his name? What is he? Commissioner. My, I don't know. I couldn't think of that. Commissioner. <laughs> He said they came out and they lost money due to the playoffs last year, and they said they're probably projected to lose mm. money again from do playing this year, um, which is not good at all. And because unlike any leagues, you know, the NHL really does rely on the fans to come because they have really actually True. pretty good attendance. Like a lot of the game, most of the teams actually do sell out. So the NHL relies on those commissions more than any other league, especially with like snack stands and merchandise at games and things like that. I mean, that's all gone, and that's a huge part of the NHL's revenue. And with their TV deals with NBC are also up this year. So they kind of have to play this year so they can get more deals going into next year, whether they, and I know there's a lot of, you know, companies that are interested. I heard CBS is interested, uh, ESPN. So, and and I'm sure NBC again. So that's why they're really forced to play this year. But otherwise I don't know if they really would. And how long have they been on NBC for? Like, I can't sure. imagine hockey on, it, on anything else yeah. other than being NBC. That's weird. They were on early 2000s. It was ESPN, but I don't remember the exact year they made the switch. Yeah. Uh, I think post-lockout, they went to NBC. Yeah, it probably was, yeah. Yeah, so almost like everything I remember pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's like 15 yeah, years the, ago. Yeah. Those uh, TV deals that Frankie referenced are really essential for the future of the NHL and growing the game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't True. like ESPN, but I kind of do hope they start showing yeah. at least some if they, games. If NHL can get on ESPN one game a week, even that'd, that'd be yeah, yeah, that, that would, would be huge. Yeah, that actually would be huge because then it would give ESPN something to talk about too, more for Sports Center. Yeah, I mean, they didn't right. talk about hockey at all. Yeah, exactly. Would cover it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, imagine he, Stephen A. start talking about NHL. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> what we want, yeah. They do have some good guys for the NHL. Like John Butchergross is good. Barry Melrose, he's he's okay. I mean, they're fine. But, but yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to touch uh, on cool. about the the one more thing about the division realignments. Um, it's gonna there's gonna be some really weird time differences for a lot of the teams. Like if you look at the North Division, I mean, it spreads throughout all of Canada. So if you're playing in True. Edmonton, and then you're playing Toronto 10 times a year. Well, that's a three hour time difference that you have to deal with 10 times per year. So I don't know how big of an impact that that's going to have on teams, 
Um, but and that only exists in certain divisions. I know in the East Division, there's no time difference at all. But I think in every other division, there is at least two teams have a, some sort of time difference. But I don't know. Yeah, so they're going to have to adjust and that's, figure that out. That's interesting. That's um, kind of related to what I want to bring up the last thing before we get into, like, breaking down each team. Um, that's a good point with the time differences. I wanted to hear if you guys any thought had any thoughts on – What's it gonna? What kind of impact will it have on teams like playing the same team over again? Only playing those teams exclusively. Um, I don't know. I just I if there if yeah. you do see something, what could be an impact it has on teams like that? Um, I truly just think every single team in the East Division kind of got screwed. But I think more so the Bruins, because the East Division is the same division as the Metro last year, except you take out the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets and you add the Bruins and the Sabres in. And now the Bruins were one of the better teams in the league last year. And no, I mean, the Atlantic, they would have had a little bit of an easier ride playing most of their games against the Atlantic Division. I mean, this East Division, you can make an argument for probably six out of the eight teams to be in the playoffs this year. Um, so I feel like they're going to be hurt and that's, and they're not used to playing these division opponents as often as most of the other teams in that division. So I think the Bruins are going to be negatively impacted, um, more than any other team, I would say, I don't know about any of the others. I don't know if Tampa has anything else to add. These teams are just going to hate each other by the end of the season. If they don't yeah. already, I mean, uh, right. Edmonton, Calgary are going to play 10 times and then not to mention that. The first round of the playoffs is – well, the first and second round of the playoffs will be within your division. So uh, some of those teams are playing each other 10 times, potentially could play each other 17 times <laughs> during <laughs> – it's pretty absurd. It's like a baseball season where you well, play. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking – going off that point, I did want to add uh, on the, the schedule um, – they did mediate the travel a little bit. Uh, a lot of the a lot of teams are going two and two for teams like play play the same team twice, not back to back nights every other night, uh, just to limit the travel. There's no, so it's not going right. to be going New York, then to Washington, you know, then to Boston. It's going to be New York twice, Boston twice, like that. It, it helps the travel. Yeah, that's kind of what the NBA is doing too. I don't know if you know this at all, Tim, but do you know if they're, they've increased the number of back-to-backs that a team has, or do you think it's similar? Um, I don't think they have okay. uh, increased that. I know that the Penguins have six back-to-backs this year. Okay, that's actually not that bad. That's actually the fewest in the NHL, so probably somewhere between okay. the six, six and ten range, which is manageable. Probably, yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say, because I wasn't sure if they had more back-to-backs. If you add – I mean, back-to-backs, usually your same goalie doesn't play two nights in a row. So that would yeah. make the backup goalie more, you know, more of an important position. But uh, yeah, it's not gonna make that big of a difference, mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah, and well, this regular season is isn't gonna end until uh, the first or second week of May, by the way. Okay. So the regular season uh, is pushed back a little bit, and the Stanley Cup will be awarded mid I think. Okay. No, so it's kind of normal, I guess. Maybe like a month and a half later, maybe a little bit less. Nice. Uh, all right. So we can. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. This is actually the last thing before we do it. Um, playoffs. North. It, how is that going to work? Like, what's going to replace the Eastern Western Conference? Um, 
each each division is going to produce a, a conference finalist. So there'll be one one team from each division. Uh, that'll be the final four. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and then um, I think it just goes by record, right? For uh, I'm not completely sure on that. I think that neither am I. Yeah, probably assume. Wait, that. so the East. Like the top four teams in the East, they're gonna have their own like four team bracket. Yes. Same thing yes. for the Central yes. West, and then okay, gotcha. That's gotcha, why gotcha. division. Okay. That's why some teams kind of got like screwed this year because right, some divisions right, right. are a lot harder than others. Yeah. Not to name names, but we will as we get into each division. <laughs> All right, cool. So, do you guys? Um, where do we want to start? Want to start? Yeah, where, with the where do you want to division? Start? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with the Canada division. Let me see if I could get. Let me get pull my notes for this North Division. Here we go. All right, so North, uh, we can kick it off with the Calgary Flames. Oh yeah, Calgary. Who wants to get uh, started? Frank, you got it. All right, so um, still, it's going to be Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau leading their forwards, unless Gaudreau, this is the year he finally gets traded to the Flyers. That's a joke. That's been going on. That's been going on for four years. But um, yeah, but I mean, there's your top two forwards. I think that's a pretty solid top duo to have. And then to round out your top six, you got Monahan, Backlund, and Lindholm. I mean, that's not too bad of a top six. And Gaudreau did kind of have a rough year, um, but you never know. I mean, he could still go out there and score ninety. Had, well, I mean, I guess not this year if he only played fifty six games, but he could still average around a point per game. And I wouldn't, and I don't think anybody would be too surprised. But I like their depth more than I like their their top six. I mean, guys like Mangiapane, uh, Dylan Dubé, even Lucic really still helps that that bottom six. They have a little bit of a scoring touch too. Uh, one thing about their defense, I mean, you would say Giordano is still their ace, right? They're still their ace defenseman, right, Tim? Just, uh, yeah. I mean, he's just getting up there a little bit. I don't even know how old he's probably over mid thirties at this point. Yeah, thirty six, I would say. 30, right? Yeah, I think he's thirty seven. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they added Chris Tanev from one of the Vancouver this year. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, they they signed Rasmus Anderson to a contract last year. We'll see how he looks this year. I mean, he's he's he had a good year last year though. But overall, I like their depth on forwards. I like their top two defense. I would say is average. And then they bring in uh, Markstrom for goaltending, and they still have David Riddish as their backup. So I kind of do like that one-two punch in that. But uh, yeah, so I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Tim. Uh, yeah, I think uh, getting Markstrom was big. He was the best goalie on the market. Uh, you know, he should be big for a team that was, you know, just about average on defense last year. Um, I think the emergence of Matthew Kachuk in the past few years has really given this team an identity. Um, and and like you said, if Johnny Gaudreau can return to 2018-19 form or anything like that, I think the, the Flames will be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I agree. I don't like the Flames, though. No offense. I don't know why. They, I just, I'm just not a huge fan of the Flames. But they're good. They're fine. I like the colors. They, brought, they yeah, do they have cool their, jerseys. Their yeah. Cool jerseys uniforms. Back. Really they cool jerseys. The, they brought the red, the red, yellow, and whites back full time. Mm-hmm. None, mm-hmm. none of the black in there anymore. You got next right, on your list so there, Jack. Next team we got is the Edmonton Oilers. All right. Time to kick um, us off. Yeah, so the Oilers boast the best offensive duo in hockey. I think that's undisputed after what we saw last year, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. 
still only 23 and 24 respectively, uh, but they've missed the playoffs in four of the last five years. Uh, some of their big departures in the offseason were, were Mike Green and Andreas Atanasiu, which were both deadline acquisitions last year. So not really huge losses there. Um, and then they added Tyson Berry uh, to oh, a really I forgot good, that. Wow. Yeah, really good one-year contract. I think that's like one year, four mil. Uh, also added Dominic Cahoon and Kyle Terrace. Um, but surprisingly to me, at least, the, the Oilers were 15th in goals for last year. Um, that's, that's just surprising considering their firepower on offense. But, you know, they're led by the trio of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. But they've really struggled to find compatible top six wingers um, for those three. They have some new options for this season. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto, he scored at a top-line pace besides Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, he, he was in my notes as the X factor. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to bring that up. Dominic Cahoon was a good uh, pickup for them. Good cheap pickup, uh, potential top six option. I, I really liked him with the Pens last year. Um, and then Kyle Turris, he adds good depth to a, I would say, below average bottom six. Um, and then uh, my X factor would probably be Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, I was going to bring him up too, yeah. I would actually call him a total wild card for the Oilers this year. Um, he's a 22-year-old Finn. Uh, he was the fourth overall pick in 2016. Um, and in true Oilers fashion, they rushed him into the lineup at 18 in a fourth-line role on a last-place team. Uh, he couldn't really adjust to the North American game in that way, and he went back to Finland um, to play in their top league. He put up good numbers, but he returns to the NHL this year. I'm not sure what the expectation should be for him, but uh, – 20 goals would be huge for this Oilers team. Uh, and then I also wanted to add that their blue line took a huge hit with Oscar Clefbaum going down to season-ending season surgery. Um, he logged over 25 minutes per game for them last year and also led the league in blocked shots. So that's a huge loss. Um, Tyson Berry should be able to make, make up for some of that loss and eat a lot of those minutes. Um, he'll provide more offense. Uh, but the decor is going to have to step up as a whole to minimize the loss of cleft bomb. And pretty much uh, the bottom line is that if the Oilers can make any improvement to their five on five game, they'll be a playoff team and possibly a contender. Uh, this team really has lived and died on their special teams. They had the first ranked power play and the second ranked penalty kill last year. So any boost on, on five on five play in there, they're going to be a, playoff team for sure yeah um so i had the i mean not too much i mean you covered pretty much everything that i had written down too but i would say last year was at least the first time that i can remember where it looked like the oilers were a dominant good team for long stretches at a time um and i don't really see that changing too much going into this year another defenseman that they added slater cuckoo you ever see how he, he spells his name pretty funny but i mean that's just a good you know bottom six guy to have and then Ethan Bear, um, still young, still growing. He could fit into a nice little top four role there. But you're, right. I think that cleft bomb, that loss, that's pretty big. I mean, that, that's gonna, that's a lot of tough minutes to um take back. Because I'm pretty sure he quarterbacked that power play too, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. But so that's tough. And then my other question is, can Koskinen be a legitimate number one goalie? 
I mean, like the Oilers every year, it just seems like they just give up too many goals, can't keep the puck out of their own net. But one, I was talking about Jesse Pugliarvi. Last, don't ask me why, but I was watching World Junior highlights from like, I forget what year it was, but it was Line oh, A. He was Jesse. disgusting. He, so it was him, Line A, and um, it was Aho on the same. Yeah, and he, and he would look like the best player on the team. And so I, I really, I was watching. I was like, man, where? It was like I knew he got drafted by Edmonton. But I was like, he never, like, he hasn't even been in the league consistently yet. I mean, I think he could still be good. So yeah, I think that's a good X factor to pick. Yeah, hopefully, he got some good development in uh, yeah. Finland for the past few years. Yeah, that's uh, all I have uh, final thing. Final thing, just on the Oilers. We're talking about them. Um, I saw. Uh, Odds for Connor Hart trophy today. Uh, we got a uh, well, McDavid was the favorite. I believe what I saw was a plus 450. Yeah, sure. Most of the bets came in on on Nathan McKinnon. Oh, that was my um, pick. I was the good. Do you agree that, McDavid should be the yeah, McDavid yeah. should be the favorite though? Or Mc, yeah, he's, he's the McKinnon? best player. I think McDavid personally, I think he's the best player in the world. Okay, what were the odds for McKinnon? I forget. I don't actually. I got. I think I saved it. Um, that's a one oh, right A and one B option there. Yeah. It, like, yeah. McDavid plus plus four fifty for McDavid plus five fifty for McKinnon. Okay. That's, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's all about staying healthy too. You never know. Yeah. Good point. Uh, all right. You got next. All right. So next we got Montreal Canadiens, whom upset the Pens last year in. Stanley Cup playoffs as a 12 yeah. seed. Um, would we think they'll make the playoffs this year? They, yeah, I'll, I'll save that for the end because I have my four from this division and I'll save whether they're in there or not. Um, okay. So w- when I just look at this team's roster, I see no real number one offensive scorer, offensive leader. I see a couple good defensive forwards like um, Suzuki. And uh, Philip Deneau. I mean, there's just some good guys that you can have down the middle who will keep the puck out of your net. I just don't really see how this team's going to score. And, I mean, they added Tyler Toffoli as well. But going back to that, they have no real offensive number one. They just It just seems like they have a lot of players who play a similar style. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you have four lines that all are kind of similar. Because I know they added Josh Anderson too while giving up Max Domi. I don't think that was a bad trade for them. I actually like Josh Anderson a lot. Um. And they in the playoffs last year, I mean, they're going to have a very similar team. And I think they did have a pretty good run. And a lot of people, if you ask them who watched that Canadians Flyers series closely, they would say the Canadians outplayed them for much of that series despite losing. So um, I, I think they're, it's going to be very similar to how they were last year. But in reality, if you look at how they were last year before that whole weird playoff format came, they were 12th in the Eastern Conference. So where does that right. leave them in this division? It's a tough question. You're spot on there, Frank. Um, they, had, they had a pretty good off season, I would say. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I did like their off season. I think the the decoy looks pretty good now. Still with with Weber, you know, Petrie really showed what kind of player he is in the playoffs. Um, and then Ben Sherratt, and they added Joel Edmondson. Uh, and then you covered all the acquisitions, I believe. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson. And Joel Edmondson, like I just said, yeah. uh, but Carey Price is still in net. He had a tough start uh, to the start of the season last year, but you know he got fire in the playoffs. Um, and I, I completely agree with what you said about the forward group. 
I, I don't really love this group of forwards. Um, I don't think they have any any wingers that re can really create their own offense. I, I think the centers are are more than serviceable, but those wingers, I just don't, I just don't love that group. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a very similar team that that that, to, well, that they had last year. So I don't have too much more to add on them. Kind of a boring team, honestly, which kind of was stinks because they're one of the biggest franchises in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, they they do kind of have some Islander vibes to them. Yeah, they do. They do. If they, could, if they could play a defensive style. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up, we got. Uh, Frankie's jersey that he's on, got on <laughs> right now. The Ottawa Senators. You start. Frankie this one, starts bro. off with. Oh, you want me to start this one? I thought. I thought so you were wearing the jersey. You were in the jersey. Yeah. Um, this is a team that I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they are going to surprise some people this year, and I think they are way better in year than they have been in years past, and they are quickly becoming pretty pretty good. Um, they got Derek Stepan in a trade this year. Great depth guy to have, you know, a veteran in the league. Throw him in your bottom six or even your top six, top six if you need him to, and he'll be fine. And they they are such a young team too. They added uh, Alex Galchenyuk as well. I didn't even realize that. I don't even know if that was in the off season or not. But um, Chris Tierney is another one. Connor Brown. So they do have good Cedric Paquette and Austin Watson. So that's a pretty good group of bottom six forwards. And they think I got the the steal of the draft. Um, Tim Stutzel from German. They got him with the third overall pick, I believe. And I think he is going to be a stud in the NHL. And now if you're looking at their back end, still have Thomas Shabbat, who I think is going to be a future number one defenseman, for potential Norris Trophy winner. And to add to their depth, they added Braden Coburn and Erica Branson um, and Zaitsev. And then finally, they add, they fixed their goaltending problem too. So Craig Anderson, he actually got a PTO with the Capitals. He's going to be on their taxi squad. But they got Matt Murray too to round out their goaltending. Don't really love him too much. I don't think he's a great goalie, but can he get hot? Absolutely. And if you're playing in a shortened season and you have a hot goalie, you never know. But, yeah, I think this team is way better than people are going to give them credit for. They're going to be way harder to play against this year than they have been in years past. And I really, really like where they're headed. I think they're going to be a playoff team maybe one or two years out. I agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, they made They made some trades that really paid off after – uh, you know, looking at the uh, Matthew Shane trade, which uh, resulted in Bowen Byram being drafted by the Avalanche, that was kind of embarrassing. But the the Carlson trade paid out dividends for them. Uh, I think that's where they got the one of well, one of the because they had two top five picks, so one of those picks was from uh, the Carlson trade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we see we're really seeing the rebuild uh, you know, become successful. I wouldn't say successful yet this year like you said but they're definitely in the right direction uh i love shabbat uh Me i think too. he but i think he led the league in ice time last he year he, how old is he 22 or 21 like i think it was 21 last year and yeah he, he played played like 26 minutes a game which is just absurd if you can have a guy eating that many minutes on the back end uh but not much else to say there i, I don't think they're a playoff team but as you said they're getting close x factor for me for that team is colin white Spit a spit and chiclet favorite. He's been kind of struggling lately. Doesn't you know they drafted him for so he could put the puck in the back of the net. He hasn't been doing that at a, at a consistent level. If he can't start team, maybe if he even gets like fifteen to twenty this year, I think that's a good sign for this team moving forward. 
Yeah, I obviously don't know much about the Senators. I just kind of feel like they've they've been bad. Um, at least the past few seasons, I actually just looked it up. Most points they've had the past three seasons is sixty-seven. Jeez. Um, yeah, they had ninety-eight the year before that, though. So that's, that's yeah, that's when they lost uh, the Pens in the uh, conference finals in twenty seventeen. Sixty seventeen. Yeah. I didn't realize they had that good of a regular season that year. That's pretty solid. Ninety-eight. Yeah, if you look back at that roster, pretty like, good. It was a it was a, a very good roster, and and at that time, you were saying like who who are some of these guys? Yeah. And they just had a bunch of underrated guys. Yeah. Cool. So we'll move on to uh, TJ Anthony's favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Start. You got uh, this one, finished. Guys. All right. They finished. Where were they? Hold on. They, they were the what seed last? They're the eight seed last year. All right. All right. So the Leafs are once again coming off a disappointing season, uh, failing to advance past the first round for the fourth consecutive year. They haven't won a playoff series since 2004. Um, also haven't won a since 1967, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, some of their departures this offseason were defenseman Tyson Berry and defenseman Cody Ceci. They lost them to free agency. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen was traded to the Penguins. Um, and Andreas Janssen was also traded. Uh, Kapanen and Janssen were, were really cap casualties for a, for a team that is not having cap issues, but they're always right against the cap. Um, the top six is as good as it gets, um, and it's likely set. And that includes the quartet of Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, and William Nylander. Uh, and those four players, uh, I'm, we've said it on this show before, but they make a combined $40 million or nearly half of the salary cap. Um, Zach Hyman's coming off a career year. Um, he'll man one of the two left-wing spots, and uh, Ilya Mikheyev likely will get the other. Um, and then, like I said, top six is great, but after the top six, there's some questions in regards to – uh, combinations and just, you know, how good can they be? Because the issue for the Leaves is really keeping the puck out of the net. We know they could score. Uh, can they defend? Um, the veteran centers, Jason Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton, will probably assume the roles of their third and fourth line centers. Um, and their wing positions will be filled by some of their cheap, cheap off-season additions. Um, I really like the addition of TJ Brody. It makes their decor a lot more credible. It's a good signing. I like that one. Yeah. Um, the Leafs were 25th in goals against last year and allowed the third most goals in the third period, which is probably a sign of an inexperienced team. Uh, they also took the seventh fewest minor penalties, but allowed the 11th most power play goals. Um, and Brody... And Zach Bogosian, another acquisition, should provide a boost to that penalty kill. And, and like I said, the, the Leafs' decor looks a lot better heading into this season. I think the big X factor will be the bottom six. Uh, they should be able to provide average secondary scoring, but the question is, can they establish a defensive structure? Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, they're still looking at them up and down. They look like probably one of the better rosters in this division. Um <clears throat> Uh, they also brought in Kerfoot and Jimmy VC um, for some depth scoring. I don't know how much that would help. And I, I also don't love Freddie Anderson. I don't know how good of a goalie he is yet. I don't completely trust him. Maybe it's not all him, too, because they obviously do give up a lot of goals because of their weak defense. 
But um, and and Wayne Simmons was another addition that they had. But I mean, how much does a guy like that have left in the tank? How much does a guy like Bogosian have left in the tank after a deep playoff run? It's really hard to say. So I don't know how much they're going to really help that team. But um, but still good. I mean, still fine. The same that they always the the same you know same that they have been these past few years. They're kind of like the Cowboys of the NHL. I mean, every single year you're like, oh, their roster looks good, great offense, and then they'll just give up 40 points a game. Spot on. And also probably the most popular NHL team, too. That's the Cowboys. Yeah. True. That's all I have on them. All right, cool. Um, what we got next? Uh, next, we got the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I don't have too much. I'll just be quick on them. Um, so they added Braden Holpe from the Capitals. And they still have Thatcher Demko as their young goalie. So that's a very good one-two punch because Hopi didn't have a great year at all last year. It was by far his worst of his career. So maybe they give him a start at first. And if he starts struggling, they have a nice young and up-and-coming guy ready to take his place that's going to be fine. Who had a great playoff. And they also brought in Nate Schmidt, another former capital. But for, they brought, it in, brought him in from Vegas. Um, I mean, Miller, P- Patterson, and Besser is really, really good first line. They also have Pearson, Tanner Pearson, and Bo Horvat in their top six as well. So they're really only missing one top six guy, but they can fill that in and figure that out. I mean, I, I just think it's overall a pretty good team. Yeah, they had a they had a good season last year that really exceeded all expectations. Uh, they beat the defending champs in the first round. Uh, they can't defend. Uh, they really yeah. struggled on D last year uh, and, and lose arguably their best shutdown defenseman in Chris Tanev. Um, so other than that, uh, the top six, pretty good. Everything looks good there, but I think as a whole, this team is incomplete. Another team, it's, you know, still has a pretty young forward core headed in the right, in the right direction. I mean, their best defenseman, Quinn Hughes, he's an offensive defenseman too. He's not really known for keeping pucks out of his own net. Not that he's bad at playing defensively, but um, but still. Well, Schmidt, Schmidt's uh, kind of the same way. That's why. Yeah, Schmidt's the exact same way. Yeah. Out yeah. there. D. I mean, you think Travis Hammond can come in and replace Chris Tanev as well? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's a big question, but maybe you never know. But yeah, I, th- I still think they're good, and they do have Tyler Myers too. Still, nice big guy to have back there on the PK. Yeah, what is he six eight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, our final team we got for the Canada Division, uh, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, so I don't really have much uh, on the Jets. Um, I'll say when it looked like they were really forming an identity as a team, uh, like say maybe the Blues, uh, Dustin Bufflin retired last year. Well, he actually kind of held a – Yeah, well, Jets. I don't even know what he did. Yeah, he just he never, stopped. Uh, basically just didn't show up, and it resulted in his contracts ultimately being terminated. Uh, but they've had further morale issues with – Reports are saying that he's unhappy and and looking out in some way. I'm I don't I don't know much about that situation, but uh, I think this team could really be in disarray if things don't go well this year. Um, you know, the top six is fine. Kyle Connor broke out for 38 goals last year, and they add Paul Stastny. Um, but I I don't really have big expectations for the Jets this year. Yeah, I agree. All I have written down really is that they have a 
actually a very, very good top six, I think. Um, you know, they have Blake Wheeler, Ehlers, Shifley, Line A. They brought Stastny back in, and then Kyle Connor. you said. Um, underrated guys there. Yeah, like that's – that's all right. So yeah, but that's a that's a pretty good team, or at least a pretty good top six, I think. But I think they should really try to trade line for a nice little defense because other than Josh Morrissey, I mean, I don't even know if I can name another. Def- I don't have anybody else written down. I don't even know if I can name another defenseman. Neil Peel. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, but their depth at forward isn't even that bad either. It's just their defense is probably one of the worst in the league, and they do, and it stinks too because they have one of the best goalies in the league. I mean, he just won the Vesna last year. So, but, um, yeah, not a great team. Do you want to go to our uh, playoff picks now for, like, the fourth in this division? With that. Jack's good with that. Jack, you good with that? Yeah, he's good with that. All right, cool. All right, go ahead, Frank. All right, I'm going to take the Leafs to win the division. I'll go one at a time. Leafs to win the division. All right. So you want me to go now? Yep, yep. All right. I also have the Leafs to win the division. I got the Canucks in second. And the Oilers in second? I got the Oilers in third. Right. We have third? Oilers, sorry. I, don't, I, said, uh, yeah. okay. I have the Flames in third? And then I have the Flames in fourth. I have the Canadians in fourth. I have a Canadian. I literally had in parentheses maybe Montreal instead of the I, Flames. I I think I think they sneak in. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. All right, that about wraps up that division, yeah. Jack. Uh, yeah. So I cut out there real quick. But so which three does Temp have leaving out? Uh, did I three that I left out? Yeah. Uh, Canucks, Senators, Jets. And then for what were your three? Uh, Senators, Canadians, Jets. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Uh, we'll then move on to the West Division. This division is um, pretty bad other than a couple teams, so we can fly through this one. No uh, disrespect. S- <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a lot of disrespect. <laughs> I, know, I know one team in particular you'll be disrespecting. Who, um, Minnesota? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll just start. We'll go alphabetical. We'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. Um. Uh, okay, so <laughs> we'll we'll get through some of these teams very quickly. Um, about as quickly as the Ducks have fallen off in the past few years. Yeah. Um. You know, they have they have some guys in the pipeline coming up, but by the time. By the time those prospects do arrive, some of their core pieces, like, you know, Raquel, Silverberg, they'll be close to 30 by the time those guys yeah, arrive. Like so they're going to be done, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the what the future is for this team. They had a bunch of high picks in the, the past few years, and they have good prospects, but I don't know how you put it all together, really. Uh, yeah, no, I agree 100%. Uh, I'm going to say something bold, though. I think – First of all, all three teams from California this year kind of stink. I think this team is going to be the best. It's going to have the best record of all three California teams. That's my prediction for the Ducks. But that's the but that's not saying much because those teams might finish bottom three in terms of record. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not that yeah. bold. <laughs> that's true. It's not. Um, 
But uh, just one thing I want to bring Trevor Zegers, he was just the MVP for Team USA when they won the World Juniors over Canada a few last week, I think that was. So he's yeah. he's going to be an absolute stud. But I mean, he'll, he, do you think he'll make the team this year? Because that might be fun if he makes the team. But I don't know. I don't think he's borderline. I don't. I I really don't know where what his standing with the team is, but he looked incredible in the World Juniors. Yeah, he did. But I mean, if they have him, that'll be fun. But other than that, really not much to look forward to, other than adding David Backus and Kevin Shattenkirk. So if you guys like that, so. <laughs> no disrespect. Okay. Um. Yeah, I looked up their season finishes just because Tim said they really fell off. They had from 2013 to 17, they had five straight 100 point seasons, 116 point season in there, and then then 80, then dropped to 67 last year. So it really does look like they're falling off. Yeah, they, they <laughs> uh, were consistently, recent, but pretty years. good. Yeah. They probably need a few more years of being bad to build that team back up. Yeah, they definitely do. All right. Disrespect to the Anaheim Ducks. Cool. Uh, got the uh, Arizona Coyotes up next. Biggest mess in the NHL. This team stinks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, go, I, I had some. No, guys. No, I have no points. I, I literally have the, the team is a mess. They stink. That's all I have. All right. I, I, I have a few uh, I could rattle off if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so they, go for it. Last year, they looked like they were going to be an up and coming team. Uh, they made strides and made the playoffs for the first time since 2012, but were destroyed by the Avalanche in the first round. Uh, and, and they lost all that momentum they built last year when they failed to re sign Taylor Hall, as well as a slew of uh, front office mishaps that were uh, embarrassing to say the least. Yeah, really bad. The Coyotes forfeited their 2020 second round pick and their 2021 first round pick due to uh, illegal combine workouts with prospects. I don't, I don't really know the specifics of that. But uh, didn't they wait? Did they draft a guy who like made fun of some kid with Down syndrome or something like that? Yeah, too? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to that one too. Well, <laughs> but so, um, so that was their 2020 second round pick and their 2021 first round pick. The Coyotes traded their 2020 first and third round picks uh, during the year. So their first round for their first pick in this year's draft was in the fourth round. The Coyotes selected Mitchell Miller, but renounced his rights soon after that selection uh, when his past of bullying a mentally challenged classmate resurfaced. Um, So their first pick that they actually retained this year was a fifth round pick and just losing that many picks could just set an organization back so many years. And not to mention that they're not a good team, but they're still hindered by the salary cap and bad contracts. They have. Yeah. Yeah. As you say, they're like one of the teams that are most up against the cap this year. They stink. Yeah. But I mean, they were a top defensive team last year. They have a pretty deep decor, but they just can't score. They have no firepower on offense. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough year for the Yotes. Yeah. I actually could see them moving soon. Not gonna lie, if it stays like this, how are they? How are they gonna get out of this? Those are, they have no draft picks, no money to spend. I have absolutely no idea how they get out of this. They got to trade a goalie, I guess. They got to trade Ranta or whoever else they have. Who's the other guy that they have? Kemper. I mean, Kemper's their best player, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but they, they got to do something. I guess they're gonna be bad for a few years to get the picks back. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. 
They really went all in to, to get Hall last year, just not to, to re-sign him. Yeah, to beat – who they beat in the – to beat Nashville in a wild Nashville round. in the play on – yeah, in the play-in round. If you're going to make a move like that, it has to be like a trade and sign thing. Like, you just can't give up assets like that for a play they, for half of a they, season. They barely won that series, too, when they played Nashville. I know. They can't score. Yeah. Who's alphabetically next? I think it's Colorado in this division. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think it's Colorado. Um, I mean, this is, I think it's the best roster in the NHL. McKinnon, I know uh, Jack cut out again, but he's my pick to win MVP this year. And then you still have him, Ranton, Burakovsky, Landis Cog. You bring in Saad, and you have Kadri for your top six. I mean, that's a top six that could score and a top six that has some grit and can play defensively too. And then you bring in Devin Tays from the from the Islanders to add to their defense. Then you already have Kel McCarr, Ryan Graves, Sam Gerrard, Eric Johnson, uh, Ian Cole. And then you think Bowen Byron's going to make the team this year? I think this is his – I mean, he should, I think. It's going to be close. I mean, it's a pretty deep decor. I don't know how much he's going to help if they want their bottom six to be, you know, some veteran defensive guys, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he'll make the team this year. Uh, A question mark and a question for you is uh, what do you think about Sam Gerrard? Like, what do you think his future with the team is? Because like, I just see, I see Byron. (laughs) McCarr has asserted himself. And Gerard is is an offensive defenseman, yeah. power quarterback type. And you know when Byron comes, you'd have to think they'd integrate him into the second power play quarterback role. So I don't know where that leaves Gerard, but that yeah. could open up the possibility to another for another trade. And I mean, think of, team, think of this team adding another piece. Um, just be yeah. I mean, even Graves too. That could be a guy that they they can move on from. You know, they can, they can replace with um, Byron. I mean, I, I don't know. It's 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 not. I mean, it's a great problem to have. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I mean they have gonna... so many prospects. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the abs the abs are a juggernaut, and they caught the injury bug at the wrong time last year. Um, yeah, they did. Or, or I think they would have been in the Stanley Cup final. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and how do, how do you feel about their goalies though? I just want to ask you that real quick. Grubauer and Francis uh, or whatever I, I think I think Grubauer is a, a good number one if he's healthy, but yeah, he's been kind of hurt by injuries. Yeah, uh, but I would say that that was my biggest question for them, and I don't even think it's a weakness really. I just think it's a question maybe see how you know, if they can stay healthy. Yeah, um, my biggest question uh, would be the special teams. Definitely has room for improvement. Uh, the 19th ranked power play and the 13th ranked penalty kill. Uh, and that was really evident during their second round loss to the stars. Uh, they went four for 32 on the power play. Wow. Um, so it was a big contributor to their loss, but uh, it's just a great job from Joe Sackick, their, their GM. Uh, yeah. He legend adding yeah. top six winger and a top four D to a team and not really giving up any major pieces. Uh, and then add that, Got Kadri in a trade last year. Got Burakovsky in a trade this year. We've really just seen this seen this team come together, and now they're they're just a force now. You wouldn't think a team like that though had that low of power play. What were they? Would you say they were nineteenth? Yeah, nineteenth. Wow. And I mean that a lot has to do with injury too. I mean Rantanen was hurt for a while last year. Yeah. So if everyone's yeah. healthy, that this should be a top five power play. Yeah. 
and a top probably I think the best roster at least maybe Vegas but I don't even think this team I don't think Vegas has the scoring prowess that Colorado does though I agree um, uh, so, who, so it looks yeah, we, it looks like uh, Jack disconnected here so we'll move on to the next team uh, and the next team would be Frankie in alphabetical order I'm trying to figure it out because I don't have them in alphabetical order so who did we do we just did the abs right there yeah, so Colorado. Um, it might be Minnesota, actually. No, it was it LA. It's Kings. Yeah. Um, I don't have much on the Kings. Um, they had a, a pretty brutal year last year. Uh, no real no real positives came out of last year. But they may have the best prospect pool in the league. Quentin Byfield, Alex yep. Turkett, Tobias uh, Bjornfoot, Arthur Kaliev, Gabe Velarde, Akil Thomas. I mean, those are just some of the names to remember. They're going to be in the NHL soon, uh, within a year or two, and, and they're going to have a completely different looking team. And uh, I think they could be a contender in less than five years. I really do. I like Turcotte a lot. Kaliev is just an absolute pure goal scorer. He'll be fantastic there. Um, and what a great place to play, too. That was better than LA playing hockey. You know, I guess maybe, I don't know. But yeah, but I mean, just looking at them this year, I mean, their defense is pretty bad. I mean, they still have Drew Doughty. I just looked at their projected top six defense. I'm just going to read the names that at least I saw from this website. I don't know how accurate it is, but it was Drew Doughty, Sean Walker, Matt Waugh, Ole Mata, Mikey Anderson, and Kermis McDermott. I mean, I only know three of those names. And, yeah. And then, yeah. But, I mean, don't sleep on Kopitar either. You don't be – I mean, he's a legend. He's awesome. Anze Kopitar was the most underrated player of the last decade. Yeah, he's very good. Two-time Stanley Cup champion. But uh, they're just – I mean, they're just getting old. That's what happens when you go to the Cup every single year for however long they did. So, uh, yeah, but they're they're on the way down for a little bit, but they'll be back up in no time. It's a good organization. I'm back. There he is. Back for Frankie's favorite franchise in all sports. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The Minnesota Wild. You know what? I'm actually going to be nice to Minnesota today because <laughs> I was looking at their roster, and their defense is way, way better than I thought. Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodeen, Ryan Suter, and Matt Dumbo. I mean, that's a pretty good top four. Right, eh? Right? That's not a bad top four at all. Um, I mean, obviously, their bottom 60 is a little bit of a question, but you can you can have guys that need to come in and fill in there, whether that's their trade or you sign someone from waivers and it's just a good fit. So you never know. You can fix your bottom six easier than you can fix your top four, at least for a year. I mean, my biggest question about them is can Cam Talbot, their goalie, be solid number one? I mean, maybe, but he's certainly not a top-end starter. And another question I had, I don't know if you know anything about this guy, but when I was Googling them, Kirill Kaprasov. Um, yeah, apparently I'm going him. Yeah, apparently he was having it. I don't know much about him, but apparently he was lighting it up at camp, and right now he's slotted on their first line. And um, I would still say Kevin Fiala is going to be their best forward this year, and I think he is very good. And they added Marcus Johansson as well. Right now I also saw that they had Nick Benino slotted as their second-line center. So, I mean, that's kind of a weak offense, but I like their defense a lot. So um, I would say overall just an average team like Minnesota is every single year. So what is it, 56 games? They'll go 28 and 28. Yeah. Yeah. Center, definitely an issue. Uh, Marcus Johansson, first-line center. Joel Erickson, Nick Benino. I mean, Nick Benino is a good third-line center, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, the Wild The wild maintained their status quo last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
which is uh, a slightly above average team that can make the playoffs, but is in no way, shape or form close to a contender. Um, they did have a, a relatively eventful off season though. Uh, some of their departures where their captain, Miko Koivu. Yeah. I forgot to mention that I had that too though. Yeah. Yeah. And fellow veteran, Eric Stahl, uh, veteran goalie, Devin Dubnik and Ryan Donato. Uh, they added Marcus Johansson, Nick Benino, Nick Bugstad, Cam Talbot, and then uh, Kirill Kaprizov is slated to make his NHL debut, as you said. Um, and uh, w- one thing I wrote down for this team, you just said it, uh, but I wrote down this team screams average. Uh, um, but, and also, like you said, the, the Wild are led by their top 4D, Suter, Spurgeon, Dumba, and Burdine. Uh, but I'm really excited to see Kirill Kaprasov make his debut. He was the youngest player to score 100 goals in the KHL. Wow. I would be really excited about a line with Fiala and Kaprasov if they had a decent center. Which they don't. Yeah. And the only way you get that is through the draft, unless you want to give up two of your top four defensemen for a center who's already 28 at this point. Yeah, no, they scream average once again. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Our next team up, we got Kev's favorite team, the San Jose Sharks. I don't even know if I wrote anything down on this team. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, next to nothing. Yeah, I mean, they're literally the only thing this team has to look forward to this year is Patrick Marlowe maybe breaking the record for most games played of all time. He's Which so is, cool. is that – I mean, is that even cool? I mean, hey, I guess it's cool. <laughs> he stinks too. He needs to. He's so bad. He needs to go. I, when, go when take care Penguins, of your kids. When the when the Penguins acquired him last year, I was I was kind of optimistic because he still skate, but he was invisible in every single game I saw him play. Yeah, he stinks. Their goalies stink too. This team might be the worst in the league next year. I mean. Looking at their past finishes, they really fell off a cliff. I know they let's see, lost the pens in that Stanley Cup. Made the play, yeah, ninety-eight points, ninety-nine points, hundred points, hundred one points, sixty-three last year. Yeah, I mean yeah. the only encouraging encouraging sign they had from last year was they did have the number one penalty yelling unit. Um really? I mean they do have a decent top six, but they're far from being a playoff team. My bold prediction for the Sharks that I did write down, I expect Eric Carlson to have a nice little back bounce back year next year. And I actually I might throw agree with that. I might actually even throw something down for him to win the Norris. But I don't know I don't know how he could though if they're gonna be that bad. The only way he would is if they sneak into the playoffs somehow, I think. Yeah, you're right. But I definitely agree with that. I, I think he was banged up last year. But they stink. They do stink. Um... Moving on. Next team up, we got the St. Louis Blues. All right, so the the Blues led the league in points before the season was paused. Um, They couldn't get that momentum back. Uh, They lost to the Canucks in the first round of the playoffs. Um, And they did have uh, a big offseason considering uh, how few moves they did make. Uh, Alex Petrangelo... Uh, departed in free agency. Um, backup goalie Jake Allen and Jay Bo Meester retired. Uh, and just one big addition, uh, Tory Krug, uh, 
offensive defenseman from the Bruins. Um, so that essentially they swapped Petrangelo for Krug. Uh, the Blues still have a, a good top six, but they'll need some young guys like Robert Thomas to set up, uh, to step up, excuse me, especially with Vladimir Tarasenko slated to miss the start of the year. Yeah, that's big. After another uh, short surgery. Um, but this is the same Blues team from the past few seasons. Uh, they play that physical style that uh, wears the other team down. I do have a little uh, concern about the goaltending situation, though. Me too. Uh, That's my question. That's my biggest question. Yeah. After Bennington had a, a disappointing playoff, and the Blues did not bring back backup Jake Allen. Uh, and, and Jake Allen was really good for uh, Bennington's emergence in the NHL. Um, you know, it's good to have that backup the fall on on a, on a back-to-back uh, or whatnot, but uh, their backup is Ville Huso, who was a, a fourth-round pick in 2014 and has no NHL experience. So that's definitely a question mark for me. Yeah, I also had my biggest question was, can Bennington bounce back? Because he wasn't even playing last year when they were in the play. Like he didn't, I don't even think he played game seven last year when they played the Canucks. Like, I don't think he started there. Um, Ryan O'Reilly named team captain. He's one of the he's awesome. I love Ryan O'Reilly, one of the cool cats of the NHL. Uh, but like you said, it's the same core that won them the cup. The other thing I brought, did you know Justin Falk's only 28 years old? It seems like he's been around since he's been 15 years old. Yeah, like, but he's only it, also seems like he's, it also seems like he's been 28 forever, though. That's true. He does get, yeah, I mean, he's not great. And uh, Petrangelo leaving, that's kind of tough. That's really tough. I mean, he, Krug doesn't play the same type of minutes that Petrangelo is going to play. I mean, Petrangelo was matched up against the first line every single night, playing PK every single night. I mean, Tori Krug's not going to be able to do that. So that's going they're going to need to get it done by committee then. So they, you, that means you need Colton Pareko to have a very big bounce back year because he did not, not have a great year last year. You also need you know, young guns like Vince Dunn to step up on the back end and then definitely Robbie Thomas on offense to, to you know pick up some of that goal scoring slack. But, um, you know, still good, still the same core, still fine. But just, uh, you know, more question marks this year than they've had in years past. Final team we got for this division, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, came up short last year. They lost in the conference finals, right? You start. Yeah. Okay. Are you saying me start? Me or you? No, you got it. I had to take out my AirPods real quick. I'm going to die, so you go. All right. Yeah, yeah. So the Knights, the Knights look poised to make it to the finals for the second time in uh, three years of existence. The Stars eliminated them in the conference finals. Uh, but there is still a lot to love about the Knights. Um, they did have uh, a pretty big offseason, I'd say. Uh, Paul Stastny, Nate Schmidt, Nick Cousins uh, were some of their losses, and Derek Engelin retired. Um, and they added Alex Petrangelo in free agency from the Blues um, and also defenseman Carl Dahlstrom in the Paul Stastny trade with the Jets. And they re-signed Robin Leonard, uh, which was a big win for them. Uh, but, I mean, they kind of had some growing pains last year, which ended up in uh, Gerard Gallant being fired. Uh, Peter DeBoer took over midseason. Uh, and the Knights were a very good team, but never really broke out. Um they were 13th in goals for and goals against ninth best power play, but a very bad penalty kill at 76%, which ranked 27th. Um, and I, I would say signing Petrangelo and retaining Leonard will solve 
a lot of the problems they do have. Um, but the Knights aren't really under the radar anymore. They have big expectations uh, and I'm interested to see how they respond to that. Yeah, I think they're very similar to Colorado. Like, if a few things fell a little bit differently last year, they would have been in the cup. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, but, like, you know, I don't really have much more to add other than everything you said. Still very good. I actually like Pete DeBoer, too. I think he's a pretty good coach. So, um, but one question I did have is about Flurry. So, so Lane, so you think Laner's going to be their number one, right? Yes. So then what happens to Flurry? going into next offseason you think he's drafted by seattle like well i mean he's definitely going to be the backup this year um but the, i don't know i think does his contract expire i don't know i don't know because if his contract expires and he's just gone if it doesn't they're gonna have to do something to move that money i, I think he makes seven million uh you can't, have, you can't have a backup goalie making that much. So um, I don't really know what they'll do there. But if they were to if they were to move him, they'd probably have to include a, a pick, um, a draft yeah. pick to get someone to take him. But, uh, I mean, I think he'll assume a, a role as a backup and, and be a good backup. Uh, maybe less work will be better for him. Yeah, true. True. I didn't think of that. Is Lane really that much better than him, though? Because, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just – you never know with goalies. I True. mean, Laner got hot last year and then didn't really look back. I mean, Leonard, and especially in this shortened season, Leonard has a bad first, you know, five games. You know, wouldn't be surprised if Flurry takes a starting role again. You just never yeah, know with definitely. It's good. To, it's a good problem to have, too, again. You know, just two guys who you're ready to slide in. Two experienced guys, yeah. Is that the last right. team from that? Yeah, so top four for the West. You started this time. I started last time. Yeah. Well, I assume we have the, the, the same first team here, the Colorado Avalanche. I actually had Vegas first. I'm going to change you it. Yeah, Vegas first. I got Vegas first, yep. Okay, so I, have, I have Vegas second. I assume you have Colorado second. I have now. Colorado second, yep. I have the Blues third. Me too. Okay, and I have the Minnesota Wild getting that last oh my spot. God. I was hoping you'd pick someone different than Minnesota, but I also have Minnesota there. I mean, who else can you pick, though? I don't know. Anaheim, honestly, would be the only I mean, I mean, you got Coyotes, Sharks, Kings, Ducks. I mean, they're going to get beat up. Yeah, it's going to so be awesome. Colorado and Vegas are going to run through those teams. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. When they play each other, though, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Let's save the East Division for last, though. Yeah, they got them last. Cool. Uh, we'll go with the Central now. This division um, kind of stinks, too. First team up, we got the Carolina Hurricanes. I like Carolina. You know I like Carolina. I was Yeah, Carolina. he does. You know, I like Carolina. I mean, I don't like them, but they're good. They're really good. You don't like them, like, you just like them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aho and Taravainen on your top line, they're unreal together. If you look up Aho and Taravainen highlights on YouTube – it literally looks – they don't even look at each other. They're kind of like the Sedins is what it kind of looks like. It's just, you know, behind the back passes. It looks like, you, you know, eyes on the back of their head. Always know where each other are. I mean, that's a fantastic duo to have. And then you have Sveshnikov and Trocek on your second line. And, you know, good depth scoring. Jesper Fast, Jordan Stahl, uh, Warren Fogel, fun name. And then the defense is as good as it gets in the NHL. I would say one or two. Dougie Hamilton's going to be healthy this year. You know, Jacob Slavin's up. He could he could win the Norris this year. Either of those two could win the Norris this year. 
and then you add in the top four. You finish out the top four with Brady Shea, you know, Brent Pesci, um, Gardner, or um, Hayden Verth- Hayden Fleury, is that who that is? Yeah, I think so. I don't have his first name. Yep. But uh, their seventh defenseman would play on maybe 18 NHL teams. It would be like a sixth or fifth defenseman on 18 NHL teams. But goaltending is still a question. It's the biggest weakness, definitely. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think they play good enough defense to make up for that goaltending. Uh, they've shown that over the past two years. Um, but like you said, I would say they have the most complete decor in the league. Yeah. Um, and they're just such a great five-on-five team. Yeah, they are. That's that's what I like most about this team is they play good five-on-five. Um, and they're a young, fast team. that They really handle both ends of the ice well. Um you said goaltending might be a weakness. I agree, but besides that, there are no weaknesses. The East got very lucky that they didn't somehow get slotted into that division, and the Sabers were elsewhere. You know, something stupid like that happened because that would yeah, that would also be kind of unfair, though. Yeah, I mean, well, Chicago and Detroit are in one division now. Yeah, that. and the three yeah, was, teams. Like, it's kind of weird. Like Tampa, Tampa's not in the East. Carolina's yeah. not in the east. They're literally both on the east coast. I don't know. It's, it's kind of the weird. central's more. It's like the south kind of. I don't know. And this is what I mean. Like another division where a lot like yeah. Tampa's going to have to fly to Chicago eight times or whatever. You know. Yeah. They well right. They got Tampa and Florida. Uh, the um, well the Panthers are in Miami. Yes, I forget where they're. Or, yeah. They're yeah. Um, and then they got Chicago, Columbus, and Detroit up there. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the East. The East division is the only one that really had it easy with the travel. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, all those are close. Yeah, that's all Northeast. Like you can yeah. bust all those games. You don't even have to fly. Yeah. yeah. Every, every other division, it's a bit harder to you know connect the dots on the maps to try to minimize the travel. Right. Well, I'm sure they did. You know, best they could. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, they did. Let's see. So next up, we got uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I think it's me. I didn't write anything for the Blackhawks. Um, I mean, they've had just such a fall from grace. Um, You know, some of that is inevitable, but another part of it is probably having the worst GM in the National Hockey League, Stan Bowman. Um, I should have written down all the names that have just been traded away from Chicago, Uh, you know, like Panarin. Uh, Tara Vine and you know the list goes on but you know they're just they're gonna have a real tough year this year um their captain Jonathan Taze is out with uh some undisclosed ailment uh he said he released a statement recently and he said that he's feeling drained and fatigued uh so it looks like he might not play this year obviously hoping for the best there and then um with the uh, What's the defenseman, Frankie? Not Duncan Keith. Uh, Seabrook. Yeah, Seabrook. Seabrook. Um, you know what his deal is? Because he's no, not. I a- don't know if he retired or not, but I didn't yeah. see him on the roster. Yeah, uh, but he he was not in camp with them, so I wouldn't expect him to start the year. Um, Kirby Doc. They're they're probably their brightest uh, spot besides Patrick Kane. There. I mean, they're their best up and coming player. Uh, he broke his wrists in the world junior championships. Uh, so he's going to miss significant time. Um, you know, there's really nothing to like about this team. They're, yeah. they're really bad. I think they might be the worst team in the NHL this year. Wow. 
They have they have the worst odds to win the Stanley Cup this year, if I'm not mistaken. Look that up though, if it was someone wants to confirm. Do you recur- or I'll, oh yeah, I'll look it up. Real it's quick. probably them or Ottawa. Um, but they have Strom right now listed as their first line center because Taze is out. I mean, and Malcolm Subban's their starting goalie. That's bad. That's all I got. That's all I have on them. Um, who we got next? We got the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just me. Yes. So, Pierre Luc Dubois apparently doesn't once out. Is that the? That's the scoop. Yeah, that's the scoop. So their number one center doesn't want to play there because he doesn't like the coach. They just did resign York Strand to a five-year extension, I think it was, and he's very underrated. I mean, you can put the back of the net, put the puck in the back of the net, and so can Atkinson. And then they have Nyquist, who's fine in the top six. Texier's fine in the top six. Um, and they added Max Domi, so maybe you never know. He might fit in. Yeah. Torch is kind of hit or miss. Some guys like playing for a coach who's that aggressive and that intense. Maybe Domi would. I think he actually might. But, um, you know, that's a little bit of a question to see how he's going to fit in because I did think Josh Anderson was a really good fit on that team. And then looking at their back end, I mean, Seth Jones and Lorensky, that might be – I mean, I don't know if a team has two better defensemen than that, really. Maybe Shea Theodore and Petrangelo right up there with them. I think so. I mean, I think so at least. And great goaltending is always in Columbus. Um, but their number one center's out. I mean, that's huge. If he, if he holds out for a long stretch of the year and they're missing one of their top guys, I don't know how that's going to affect the team. And their depth isn't great on defense or offense. I mean, it just seems like they just get these no-name guys every single year and somehow they sneak into the playoffs. But I yeah. Yeah, I mean, they pulled another playoff upset last year, uh, beating the Leafs in the play-in round after sweeping the uh, record-setting Tampa Bay Lightning in 2019. Um, They also had Miku Koivu, um, who, I mean, that's not, you know, really like a a sexy ad addition to a team, but I think that's a good ad for them if he's on their fourth line. Like a, a gritty, a gritty vet is great for a team like that. And I mean, this team doesn't look the best on paper, but they didn't last year either. Yeah, they never do. And they're good. I mean, they're they're carried by that top D pairing of Jones and Wierenski. Um, and of course their coach, uh, John Tortorella, deserves a lot of the credit for their success. But I mean, it's a D first gritty team. Uh, they're always gonna play with maximum effort. Um I think I think Torts uh, will push them into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they're the same. It's the same Columbus that they have been for the past couple of years. Maybe just not as sexy as a roster as you said. They're still good. Yeah, I mean I think I think Torts is the the most important piece there because Definitely. he he gets them to play. So Definitely. Uh, who we got up next? We got uh, the uh, defending Western Conference champ, the Dallas Stars. All right, so, yeah, the Stars made it to the Stanley Cup last season after a slow start that resulted in their coach, Jim Montgomery, being fired. Uh, They returned most of the same roster. Their only uh, departure was Corey Perry, who is in Montreal now. I don't know if we said that, Frank. Oh, we didn't say that. Yeah, Corey Corey Perry is a Canadian now. Uh, But uh, they're going to start the season without Tyler Sagan and Ben Bishop. Um, and the, the core of the Stars team is their defense. Uh, they were second in goals against last year. But their aging forward core 
uh, can't really score. I mean, last year they were 26th in goals for. Um, I think the Stars are bound for a bit of a hangover from last season. Um, I, I think they'll still push for a playoff spot in this relatively weak division, but uh, that's about it. I think they're they can have a bit of a disappointment this year. Yeah, I was gonna say I had <laughs> literally I had written down most disappointing team of the year. I think this. <laughs> no offense, no disrespect, but. I mean, same guys like Jamie Ben, Sagan, Radulov, Pavelski, who are all over 30, I believe, at this point, can they still produce at a high level? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I love their defense. And then even, even Gudobin, I mean, he had like kind of a Cinderella run in the playoffs last year playing that well. Is he going to – I would be shocked if he's that good again to start this year. Yeah, they need, they need Bishop back. They 100% need Bishop back. I really don't love them this year. And you know I was all over them last year. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't love that team. Uh, next up, now this team, I looked up the odds for Stanley Cup winner. Oh, was it the Red Wings had the lowest? Red Wings had the lowest. Want to take a guess at what you think the odds are? 10,000. Uh, 50,000. In between that, exactly in between that, plus 30,000. Wow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I literally I have nothing on this team other than added Bobby Ryan, who I like. Yeah, I mean, they don't they, – I mean, they also added Vladislav Nemestikov, uh, Troy Stetcher, Mark Stahl, Thomas Grice. I had Mark um, But there's – they're, I mean, their their first line's good. Dylan Larkin, Anthony Manta, and Tyler Bertuzzi. That is pretty good. They're young too. Yeah, but after that, they just stink. I mean, this team will really benefit from another lottery pick this year, and the year after probably. Yeah. But they have a long way to go. They'll be fighting with Chicago for last in the division, which is weird because if you asked, if you said that to us, we'd yeah, that's so weird. They were like the best two teams in the league when we were ten years old, and now they're fighting for the. So we, I remember. Do you remember when the divisions realigned and Chicago, Chicago and Detroit were separated? Yeah. Conference. Yeah. That was the biggest deal too, because that rivalry was unreal. So alive then. Yeah. Now it's just that they're back into the same the same division, and when they it doesn't matter because they <laughs> are so bad. Yeah. Could you imagine though if they were both good and they got a playoff series? That'd be awesome. Two thousand ten anymore though. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> I checked their finishes the last couple of years, and they <laughs> I was shocked. I mean, it makes sense because they didn't get invited; like they weren't in the uh, postseason or whatever that was. What do you want to call it? Um, they had like thirty-nine points last year. I think it might have been the. It's actually not the worst ever. The Capitals had the worst ever. They had like twenty-one points. Well, they didn't play eleven. It had seventy-one games, but still, that's <laughs> like whatever. That's probably on pace for like. They were on pace for 45. Yeah, I was going to say 45. I think they were 3-0 yeah. against Boston, though, or someone good. Like they uh, every single time or something. Like Tampa or something like that. It was, um, it was Boston. But they should Boston. Boston. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. Uh, who we got? Uh, next up, we got the Florida Panthers. Just my up or is that you? Uh, you go. Okay. I have... My, to me, I have the most underrated team going into the next year. 
But the only thing that makes me hesitate to say that is because it's the Florida Panthers and they are just an absolute train wreck. I mean, if Sergey, I mean, they couldn't keep the puck out of the net last year. Uh, their offense is good. Still added Anthony Duclair. How many did he score last year? Close Over to 20. Yeah. I think he was on a 30 pace, I think. Yeah, so they added him, slot him right into the top six. Still Barkov, who's one of the better centers in the game. Huberto is still very, very good. I mean, those are two stars on offense. You had Duclair. You got Brett Connolly, my boy from, from the Cavs. Love that guy. Uh, I like their forward core a lot. I love their coach, Joel Quinville, former coach of the Hawks when they won all their Stanley Cups. And then their defense. I mean, you still have Yandel, Strawman, Ekblad, and Mackenzie Weger on D. That's not too bad of a top four. And I really think it all just comes down to Sergei Bobrovsky because he had an absolutely horrific year last year after getting that huge contract. So if he can bounce back even slightly, I think they're going to be fine. But I don't know where his head's at or what's going on. Or maybe it's just the style of play that they had. You know, they were just giving up too many opportunities. But another year with Quenville, I mean, that was his first year last year. You get him back this year, an off season, a nice little camp with him, one more camp with him, and then maybe they get their structure better and give up less goals. That's what I'm banking on because I think this roster on paper is pretty good. I'm going to completely disagree with you. Okay, Frank. that's fair. That's uh, fair. Yeah, it's, they, have a, they have a good offense, but this is another team that just can't defend. And, you know, looking at the, the lineup of forwards, I don't really see much, you know, top-end scoring talent besides Barkov and Huberdeau. And I don't know if that's just because they're that good and then the, the drop-off is that vast. But uh, – I just don't, I don't think they have the, the forward group to do it. You said they add Duclair. I, I actually forgot about that, um, but that is a big add for them. I, I assume he would be on the, the first line probably. Yeah, first or second. But, you know, other than that, they added Patrick Hornquist this offseason. Um, he's pretty much done to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's, still, he's, he's a hard-nosed winger. He'll get in front of the net and he'll score goals. But um, Vinny, Vinny Hittish you know, is another add from the Coyotes. Yeah, but th this team didn't really add any speed or uh, – I mean, they added – Duclair will add goals. But other than that, I really love the, the forward group. Um, and then I, th I would call the D just average. Uh, I think Ekblad could uh, – Ekblad, like, low-key had a breakout year last year yeah, defensively. Like, his, his offensive numbers, I don't know if they were anything crazy. But, uh, you know, he's – He'll probably move into that number one shutdown role that um, he was supposed to have uh, after being the number one draft pick. But, you know, that's really all I have for the Panthers. Um, that's what I have Gudis as their sixth defenseman. He's yeah. so. <laughs> I just don't think they can keep the puck out of their net. Uh, you know, the only thing that does give me hope is, like you said, the potential uh, bounce back for Bobrovsky and Joe Quinville is the coach. And he's a damn good coach. Yes, he is. Who we got next? All right. So to wrap up the the central, we, oh, have we got one more the, team. Oh, let's go. Uh, we have two more teams. Oh, we have two more. Yes, no, we do have two more. You're right. You're right. What? We got Nashville now. Oh yeah, I skipped Nashville. Um, uh, we could probably be really quick with Nashville. Yeah, yeah, if you I want agree. us to take it there, go for it. Go for Nashville. Yeah. So I mean, they made the the 2014 playoff, uh, but exited quickly. Uh, at the hands of the Coyotes. Um, they can't score, they can't defend, and their special teams are awful. And that's all I have to say. 
Roman Yossi's good and he's handsome. That's all I have to say. Um, this got probably a really dumb question, but what does special teams mean in hockey? Like power play, penalty kill. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, interesting. I, I mean, I don't know much about the Predators, but it seemed like they're always. The past few years, they've—I mean—they haven't missed the playoffs since 2013, the 14 season. So that's a what a seven, seven playoff streak. You, yeah. I assume you both expect it to end this year. I um, mean, if they're if they're four, I mean, still, I mean, they have Forsberg, Johansson, and Arvidsson who had all had tough years last year. If their offense can bounce back, they might have a shot. But I don't know. I don't love their goaltending either. Rene's what is he? He's really old at this point. He's washed. Yeah. I mean, they have UC Soros. He should be the starter. Um, but they also – they have uh, Eskarov, that Russian goalie. Oh, okay. Right? I don't yeah. know. I actually don't know. Uh, Yaroslav Eskarov. Um, he – I mean, he look, He honestly looked kind of shaky in the World Juniors. Oh, the guy from the Russia starter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bad. was – Yeah, he's bad. Yeah, I was about to. I was about to say they have a a good goalie in the pipeline, and they do. Like he's good, but he looked like out of control in the World Juniors. Yeah, like throwing his stick across. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they could. I mean, we've said this. This division looks pretty weak. So, I mean, yeah, I just. I, wouldn't be shocked they, if they got I just said they were bad, but I would not be shocked if they did. They added a uh, Boro cop too for their D. So. <laughs> uh, try to pr- pronounce his name. Borowiecki, I think the Borowiecki or something. Borowiecki, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Gosh, so to man. actually wrap up this division, we're going to uh, go to Tampa Bay, the defending Stanley Cup champs. What do you guys got to say about the Lightning? Still same old Tampa. Uh, they're missing Kucherov to start the year. Which isn't. I mean. But uh, Stamkos will be back. He'll be healthy. Um, you still have Braden Point, Pilat on your top line, who are also not only able to put the puck in the net, but are also very good defensively. And you got Sorelli and Gord are still there. So you still have your depth. And then Hedman, I think, is the best defenseman in the league. And McDonough is a good number two. And then they re- were able to re-sign Sergachev to a great deal as their number three. And they still have good goaltending and a good coach. So still there. Still going to be there for a little bit, too. Yep. I mean, the Stanley Cup champions, there's not really much else to say there. Yeah, uh, didn't, didn't lose much. It, yeah, they lost Kevin Shattenkirk and Zach Bogosian. But, I mean, they're returning the rest of their star-studded roster. Um, no new additions, but, I mean, that's good. I mean, they're just keeping the same crew intact and going for it again this year. Yeah, still, still pretty scary. I mean, talk about dominance. They haven't had less than 92 points the past eight years. Um, I, there's one stat. They've been – so they were in the conference final, obviously, like at conference final at least. So they were last year. They were in 2018. Did the Pens beat them in 2017 in the conference finals? They're second back-to-back. Or yeah. no, they, they did? No, they're, fir- they're, they're first, first back-to-back. back-to-back. So, they're, so 2020, 2018, 2016 – I think 2015 too. The 2015 they were in the cup. Yes, they were. They lost the Blackhawks that year. And then I'm year. pretty sure who was in the cup in 2014 was that the Rangers? Rangers and the Kings. 
So, and then the Rangers beat Tampa Bay in the conference for, oh, no, did they? No, the Rangers beat the Canadians that year. Okay, never mind. But still, four four conference finals in the past however many years. Is it five years or six, six or seven years? It's crazy. And they finally got one. I mean, they got the monkey off their back yeah. now. Uh, so, I mean, they're. I mean, who? And the, I mean, like you said, this is a weak division too, and that's who they play in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. So, nice. So, top four. I got the Lightning number one. Lightning. I got the Hurricanes number two. Hurricanes. Then I have the Stars. I have the Stars as well. And then we're just, we're gonna disagree because I have the Panthers. I got the Blue Jackets. I have Blue Jackets in parentheses as my fifth. Hmm. And then I'd probably go Nashville at six. But I think those three teams are going to be pretty close. Panthers, Blue Jackets, and Nashville. I mean, the big question is who gets that last pick and who probably gets the best odds at the number one overall draft pick. True. True. Is it Detroit or Chicago? They'll be playing each other and trying to lose. It's going to be funny. All right, so final division, save best for last. We got the East. Let's go. Uh, a lot of a lot of strong sentiment around some of these teams. This division is going to be so fun, but also scary, because that's what my favorite team's in, and your guys' favorite team is in. Like I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. Let's kick off with the Boston Bruins. You got this one. You start this one. Me? All right. So the Bruins were not able to regain their pre-COVID form after the season resumed. Uh, they were really lackluster in the round robin. Um, they were the they were the NHL's leader in team points. Uh, wait, hold on. I made a that was not right. Did they lead the NHL in points? Yeah, I think so. They won, they won the president's trophy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they did lead the NHL in points at the pause, but they were eliminated by the eventual champion, Lightning, in the second round. And they had a mostly uneventful offseason, but they did lose their best offensive defenseman in Tory Krug and their longtime captain, Zdeno Chara. Um, their only notable addition was Craig Smith, um, but – that's a good addition. I mean, he's a shoe in to score 20 goals. It's a fake name, though. <laughs> um, but the Bruins are heavily reliant on their perfection line of Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, and Patrice Bergeron uh, for their five on five goals. Uh, and their special teams are a strength, too. Both units were in the, the top three their penalty kill and power play. But the departure of Krug leaves a massive hole for that power play. Um, but it's a defense first team. Uh, they were they were first in the league in goals against last year. And, you know, that defense really starts with the forwards because you can look up and down the lineup. And, you know, after you uh, go over that first line, you know, you see you could make a case that, you know, they're not great. They're, they're, bottom, they're bottom nine. Uh, but they all play defense. And, like, their fourth line – uh, it's, it's like Sean Corrali, Chris Wagner, and I don't know who else, but they're a shutdown line and they're usually mass, matched against the, the other team's first line. So, you know, that's huge for a team. Uh, 
they're going to start the year without uh, Brad Marchand and David Pasternak. Uh, I'm not sure when they're slated to return. Do you know, Frank? I do not, but I had that they are going to be out to start the year. Yeah, but, I mean, they don't look overwhelming on paper, but, you know, they are a shutdown team with a well above average scoring capabilities. So, I mean, you can't overlook the Bruins. You can't. No, I agree. Um, I just had a couple questions, though. Marshawn and Poshnock, they're going to be out to start the year. They're, I don't really think they've been given a timetable as to when they're going to return, unless I'm wrong. I don't know if anyone wants to Google that while we're waiting. But, I mean, even so, say they miss 10 to 12 games each, well, that's about 20% of the season right there. So that's a big chunk of time where you're missing your leading goal, your two leading goal scorers and your leading point getters. And you're really relying on that top line for most of your offense, which I'm, I mean, I'm not saying it in a bad way because they are really, really good line, probably the best first line in the NHL. And then looking back on their defense, I think the Krug loss, I mean, it's definitely going to hurt their power play. But I really think that Chara loss hurts more than people want to give it credit for. I mean, he led the league last year in minutes on the penalty kill. Um, I mean, now you have guys like Matt Grizzlick. Can he be a top-pairing defenseman playing more minutes on the penalty kill? You know, like who's going to take up those minutes that Chara is going to leave behind? I mean, right now they have two young guys slotted in to make their, their team, Jeremy Lazon and Uro Vakaninen. I mean, I know nothing about those guys. Are one of them going to be able to slot into a top four role, take care of Char's minutes on the PK or Krug's minutes on the power play? I don't know. I think that just leaves some questions. And also Tuka Rask leaving the bubble last year, you know, where's his head at? I mean, I apparently was because there was illness in the family, which is 100% fine, but still, you know, where is his head out? Head at, you know, how's his relationship with the Bruins as a whole? I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but you still never know. And, um, yeah, but and like Tam said, this team was the best in the NHL before the shutdown last year, but they were out almost as fast as anybody in the bubble. I mean, they didn't really make too much noise, just lackluster play. So, um, but, yeah, still good. Still nothing to – you know, nothing – something to fear, definitely, I would say. Cool. Who we got next? Uh, who we got next? We got – I think the Sabres. Sabres, yes. Buffalo Sabres. I mean, they added Taylor Hall for a one-year deal. He's a former MVP, and you get to throw him next to Jack Eichel, who's a top ten player in the game. I mean, what if the, what if those two just have absolutely fantastic chemistry and they're just money together? I mean, you really would you say that's possible? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of scary to throw into this division, and then you add Eric Stahl for depth. Who's you know he could get he could get like ten to fifteen in a shortened season. You never know. He's a good guy to have on your bottom six. And then I think the biggest question for them is will their young guns be able to come up and make an impact? And if they can, you know, low-key, look out. I mean, if Dylan Cousins comes in, has a nice little top six role, Casey Middlestad, another guy, he comes in, has a nice little role on the team. Um, and Victor Olofsson, I mean, this guy looks like a pure goal scorer, at least he did last year. We continue that trend. I mean, I don't hate this team on paper at all, but at the same time, like I said this for the, pa- for the Panthers, I mean, it's the Buffalo Sabres, and their goaltending is pretty bad, v- actually very bad. Um, Darlene, underrated defenseman, former number one pick, and Rasmus Ristolainen. Did you see that picture of Ristolainen on Instagram today that the NHL posted? He looks like he looks like a two thousands rock star. It's weird, but um, and then they also have Jake McCabe on their D. But uh, I don't know. Still the Sabers, still the same old Sabers. But I don't hate some of their additions this year, and uh, I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think they're going to be. Yeah. Um. 
I mean, they had another bad season last year, despite Jack Eichel finally uh, breaking out. I mean, not breaking out, but, you know, he was already a stud, but he he finally eclipsed 30 goals. He had a career high 36 in the shortened season. Um, Since the division realignment in 2013-14, their best finish in the Atlantic division was sixth out of eight. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, besides the besides the breakout year from Eichel and the emergence of uh, winger Victor Olsen, there were no positives for the Sabres last year. Um, they were 20th or worse in goals for, goals against, power play, and penalty kill. Um, like you said, their additions uh, are not bad. You know, Hall will make them better, but ultimately, let's still stick. Buffalo's odds to win the division is plus 1,700. And the worst odds to win the division are our next team, the New Jersey Devils. I have 25 plus 2,500. Subban was getting in a fight with with somebody at practice. He got in a fight with Miles Wood at practice the other day. I mean, they have a good goalie. They have a good goalie. Um, Are you you – is it me? Yeah, I have absolutely nothing. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, I mean, the Devils, they were optimistic coming into last season after they acquired P.K. Subban and drafted Jack Hughes with the first overall pick. Uh, and that was adding them to a roster that already had a former MVP, Taylor Hall, and another first overall pick, Nico Heischer. But, you know, ultimately, they had another disappointing year. And since losing the Stanley Cup to the Kings in 2012, uh, the Devils have made the playoffs once. Um, not, I mean, no, no big departures. They lost Corey Schneider. They added Andreas Janssen and Ryan Murray, which I mean, that is a, that is a top six forward and a top four D for this team, which is pretty good. Um, but their, their leading scorer last year was Kyle Palmieri who had 45 points, which ranked 91st overall in the league. Uh, Lindy Ruff is their new head coach. Wow, um, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what a classic. Uh, classic. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Lindy Lindy Ruff is the new head coach. Um, I would say – I actually think that makes him worse. No offense. Yeah, I would say good luck with this roster, Lindy. Uh, yeah. You know, this team's far away from the playoffs. They can't draft, and the front office has been in turmoil since making that PK Superman trade. Uh so, you know, really the goal for this year should be to develop Jack Hughes, who had a miserable rookie year. I actually think Nico Heischer is pretty good, too. But he's – I agree. But he can't – I mean, he's good defensively, though. He's not going to be the guy who gets you a point per game. And um, he's hurt to start the year, too. So, they're done. I mean, they stink really bad. Yeah. Uh, next team uh, snuck into the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, we got TJ's New York Islanders. Did they, they signed Pellick, right? Cause I know he was an RFA, but I know they had, well, they signed Barzell. Um, no, I'm not sure Pellick's cause I, I know they, they signed Matt Barzell, Matt Martin and Andy Green. They'll, they'll probably get Pellick signed. I just don't know. They just got to figure out the money situation for it. But um, I think he is. I think he is signed. Okay, I wasn't sure if he was an RFA or not because some maybe that was last year. I don't know. But it's saying 
I saw something that he might have been in our pick. Well, whatever. But they have Pelican Pulak as their top pair. That's a fantastic top pair. Throw Nick Nick Letty in their top four. Andy Green's getting old, but if you throw him as your number six and he's not playing too much, he's fine. Matt Barzell is an ace as a number one center. Eberle, Eberle can score. Anders Lee's a good player to have in your top six. And they're always going to have that great third and fourth line who play the same way. Um, they're never flashy. They're always boring. But, I, I mean, I guess my biggest question is, can they find that style of play quickly into the season or quick enough into the season for them to give them a shot going forward to making the playoffs? And I still think their goaltending is average. And another question I had is, can Ilya Sorokin take over their number one spot if Varlamov is, you know, starts to – his game starts to fall a little bit because he is pretty old. That's all I had on them. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they reached the conference finals for the first time since 92-93 last year. Um, they lost Derek Broussard, Devon Tays, goaltender Thomas Grace, and Johnny Boychuk retired. Uh, they just signed Matt Barzell to a three-year deal worth uh, $7 million on average. Uh, Matt Martin to a four-year uh, $6 million deal, which is one point five per season, and then Andy Green to one year, $700,000. Uh, I mean, they've really proved everyone wrong over the past two seasons, uh, and, and that could be attributed to their defensive play. Like you said, Frank, they aren't flashy, but they've all brought in, bought into the Barry Trotz defensive system. Um, you know, the remaining question mark will be offense. I mean, they are underwhelming on offense, uh, just 22nd in goals for last year. Um, and they also need to improve their special teams, too. Their power play was only 17.3%, which was 24th in the league in the 15th ranked penalty kill. Um, you know, we'll see much of the same from the Islanders this year. Strong defense and offense by committee. Um Another question I have is, is they didn't really replace Devontae's or Johnny Boychuk. Um, so, so their back end might be a little iffy. I mean, it'll still be strong with the guys you mentioned, Frank, you know, Polak, Pelik, Letty. Um, but we'll see. And then uh, they'll add Russian goaltender Ilya Sorokin to the mix this year. I don't know if uh, – I think Varlamov is slated to be the starter and yeah, Sorokin will start as the backup. Yeah, uh, but Sorokin had a, a 1.5 goals against average and a 9.35 save percentage last year in Russia's KHL. Um, yeah, well, so they're still a good team. Yeah, they are still good. I wish they weren't though, because they're just so stupid. <laughs> um, next up, our other New York team. We got the New York Rangers. All right, so. This is me, right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right. Yeah, so the Rangers did get a little taste of the playoffs last year, but they were bounced uh, pretty quickly by the Hurricanes in the play-in round. But that loss uh, could uh, be celebrated after they won the draft lottery and the right to draft um, the phenom Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, they did lose longtime goaltender, and, you know, really their leader, Henrik Lundqvist, in the offseason, uh, veteran defenseman Mark Stahl, and uh, forward Jesper Fast. Um, and the big addition, obviously, like I said, Alexis Lafreniere. And, you know, the Rangers have really successfully retold only, you know, in a short few years. Uh, they're going to be set up to win for years to come, but uh, not quite yet. Um 
don't think they could pass up some of the East division powers um, yet. But, you know, this year will be about really continuing the chemistry between Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. And then also developing players such as Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Philip Hedl, and Adam Fox. Um, but, you know, a good team is going to miss the playoffs in the East division. Um, I think the Rangers might be the second best team in the entire league to miss the playoffs, but the future is definitely right for the Rangers. Yeah, you're definitely right. A good team's going to miss the playoffs for sure. Um, so Zibanejad led the league in goals per game last year. Panarin could have been MVP. You could definitely make that argument. I think right now uh, Shesterkin has the best odds for rookie of the year. So uh, they're goalie. So that'd be, I actually kind of like that bet too. That's pretty solid. Um, I don't love their defense really yet. At least, I mean, they have a, they're going to be relying on a lot of young guys to take a lot of minutes. So right now their top pair for their, at least their most recent scrimmage was Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. I mean, do you trust them? up 25 minutes a night against other teams in this division's top lines. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a big question. Maybe at some point in the future, but I don't know if it's this year. And then their bottom six right now is – or their, their uh, third defensive pair is Jack Johnson and Brennan Smith. So that's kind of a kind of a funny pair. I don't know. I just thought it was two random players. But, um, yeah, and they have two offensive defensemen in Fox and D'Angelo. Yeah, there's their two guys. Yeah. They don't really defend, though. But my biggest question this year is Kako finally going to take that step up into a legitimate top six, maybe first line forward? Because he really was kind of invisible last year, too. No, I mean. What if he doesn't take that step? What happens? I don't know. I guess Lafreniere, they should get rid of him. Uh, they should trade him for a defenseman. Yeah. Or at least try to. I don't know what they'd get if he's having two, if he had two bad NHL years. Well, really, what's somebody going to give up for that? For, you know, a big question going forward. But, no, yeah, like you said, heading in the right direction. I just don't know if they're there yet, and I certainly don't think this new division helped, did them any favors. All right, so we're down to our final three teams, and coincidentally it's probably the teams that were – three teams we're most looking forward to talking to, talking about. Um, first of which for this trio, we're going to start with the Philadelphia Flyers. Can you give me their odds to win right now? Cover. Um, they were really high up there. I think they were just above the pens. Uh, I got it right here. Plus 1,800. Tied what with the pens. Plus eight, tied with the Hurricanes and pens at plus 1,800. How many teams are ahead of them? Uh, Bruins plus 1,500. Leafs plus 1,100. Knights plus 800. Lightning plus 750. Avalanche plus 650. Okay. I mean, they had a good year in 2020. Finished second in their old in the old Metropolitan Division. Their forwards are good and deep, but in order for them to be able to take that next step up, where they are making the conference finals or Stanley Cup finals, they're going to need their young forwards to take a pretty big step up, and that includes Joel Farabee, Oscar Lindblom, who's just will be back this year full time uh, after he survived cancer. Um, Nick Obey, Q Bell is a nice little bottom of six guy that they have that can add some, some scoring touch. And then another guy, Morgan Frost, who I believe is a former first or second round pick. I think a first round pick, though. But he's not even projected to be on their opening day roster. They're going to need at least a couple of those guys to really step up their game and start filling the net more. Um, and then, in addition, you're going to need Carter Hart to continue his stint as a legitimate number one and superstar, which I would bet on that more than any other part of the Flyers. I think he really is going to be special. 
And but looking at their defense, I really don't know if I love it. I mean, they lost Niskin into retirement, which I think is a bigger loss than people realize. He's playing tough minutes against other teams' top lines. I mean, you still have Provorov, who's a good number one, but and then Justin Braun, Travis Sanheim, and Philip Myers as your top four. I mean, three of four, three out of four of them are also really young. And then they brought in Eric Gustafson, who can, I mean, he's a power play guy. He can quarterback the power play. He'll play fifth or sixth, you know, man, minutes. And they have Robert Hagen there as well. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I still. A ghost. Think, and ghost, well, right now, it's looking like he's going to uh, play tomorrow um, against the Pens in, uh, for opening night. But he'll probably be a healthy scratch, splitting minutes with whoever else, probably Gustafson, probably him and him because they play a similar style. So they'll flip around. I don't know. I mean, early. If you asked me at Christmas time what I thought about the Flyers, I would say I think they're absolutely one hundred percent winning the division. But I, just looking more and more at the roster, I don't know. I mean, I still think they're good. I still think they play a good style of hockey. I like their coach. But uh, yeah, I think there's some questions, and for sure, if they get answered and their young guys are able to step up, they're going to be really good. But I, I mean, it's a big question though. It's a big hole too. Yeah, you you just said I don't know a lot, and I, yeah. I can see why. I, I definitely yeah. agree. Um, you know, I I uh, you know I think there's it's weird because I think there's I think they're a really good team, but I also think there's like a lot of a lot of things that has to happen for them to be successful this year. Kind of like you said, um, you know, it's going to be the first full season for Joel Farabee, uh, Morgan Frost, and Nick Obey Kubel. Um, so they should provide some more scoring for that offense. Um, but they also need some help from their vets, man. Like, like yeah, Voracek and yeah. Van Riemsdyk. Like, they need to have bounce back years. Drew had a bad uh, Same with Gossespair. Like, he, yeah. he, needs to, he needs to come back, uh, bounce back. Um, and, you know, the, the Flyers have finally found their that franchise goalie they've been looking for forever. Yeah. Um, well, since, uh, since Hextall, I guess. But, um, you know, there's still room for improvement for Carter Hart. Um, he had an 857 save percentage on the road last year. Wow. Um, How about yeah, that I, little nugget right there? Stat guy. I think, yeah, they, they brought back uh, back up Brian Elliott, which, is, which will help him. Similar to what we were talking about, um, Bennington, uh, they didn't retain his backup. Uh, you know, retaining that veteran backup is good for a young goalie like that. So they don't have to, you know, we'll still have a, a big workload, but, you know, that backup's huge for them. And, and another question mark on the defense. Um, yeah, I like this decor, but, you know, I'm only saying question mark purely because the group is inexperienced. Uh, only Gustafson and Braun are over 27. Um you know, it's weird. Either fifth and sixth, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's weird because I, I just listed a bunch of a bunch of questions, but I, I think you could definitely make the argument that this is the most complete team in the division. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another thing about the Flyers, too, going into the bubble last year, they had the best record against the Metropolitan Division of any other team from the Metro that was there. So they are able to figure out a lot of these teams. Um, I know some, I mean, the Flyers, Capitals might be the only team that have a different coach. But still, they, they did figure out a few of these teams last year. Maybe that trend continues. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that is huge. We'll see. I mean, I still like them, but definitely some questions. 
Uh, nice. So next up, we got my attempts team, the Pittsburgh Pens. All right. So, yeah, the, the Penguins are coming off another disappointing playoff exit, losing to the Canadians in the play-in round. Um, they've only won one playoff series since winning back-to-back cups. Um, they had a, a very eventful offseason. They they lost goaltender Matt Murray, defenseman Justin Schultz, Patrick Hornquist, Connor Sheary, Jack Johnson, and Dominic Simone. Uh, they added Kasperi Kapanen, uh, Mike Matheson, Cody Cece, and Mark Jankowski. Um, you know, all things considered, um, you know, I, I like the offseason the Penguins had. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of people saying that uh, the GM, Rutherford, had a terrible offseason because he likes to, it's, it's well known that he likes to trade draft picks for players that you could plug in the lineup right now. And I mean, as a fan, that's all you could really ask for, um, you know, coming to the end of the Crosby Malkin era is, is just, you know, new fresh wingers for them to play with to remain a contender. Um, but following that loss to the Canadians, the Penguins fired all of their assistant coaches. Um, they brought back Todd Reardon, um, who showed why he is an assistant coach uh, after <laughs> after two seasons as Capitals head coach. Um, but the top six is still elite with Crosby and Malkin, obviously, as the centers surrounded by some combination of Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, Kasperi Kapanen, and Jason Zucker. And I'm definitely on record saying that I love the Penguins' fourth line. It's a physical shutdown line, and they have a decent scoring touch as well. Um, however, the third line is a bit of the wild card for this team. Uh, Jared McCann has never really assumed a consistent role since being acquired in a trade. Um, I think it's, I think the Penguins really need to find an identity for that third line. And, you know, some of the possible, uh, combinations could be Jared McCann. Like I said, Mark Jankowski, uh, who's coming over from Calgary, uh, kind of wasn't a, a big acquisition. I think one year, 700 K, but. You know, he's a good grit guy, penalty kill. Uh, you know, you need guys like that in your bottom six. But, and also Sam Lafferty and Evan Rodriguez. Um, they revamped the third defensive pair with Mike Mass, Mike Mathis, Mike Matheson. Wow, that was tough. There you go. <laughs> and Cody Cece. Uh, they replaced the unproductive pairing of. Justin Schultz and Jack Johnson. Um, and finally, Tristan Jarre will enter his first season as the starter. Um, and he's really shown all the signs that he could be the number one for this team. Um, I say, I would say don't count out the Penguins. You know, we'll have to see if they can make noise in the playoffs again, but, you know, they're definitely still a good team, at least for the regular season. Yeah. I like their defensive additions a lot. Um, I think CC's a really underrated. Um, I like that ad a lot. I mean, and especially locking up Marino long-term after the year that he had on a pretty relatively cheap deal. I think it's going to look like an even better deal once he continues to grow. And then you still have Latang and Doolin as your top pair, which is good, which is very good. Um, so I like their defense. 
but and my biggest question you kind of mentioned it is that you know their third line I know you like their fourth line but is the, their third line are they gonna have enough scoring depth and a scoring touch from their bottom six this year I think that is their biggest question going into into the season and then but I like Jari having the the number one spot without really any worries I think he'll he'll find a he'll settle in there nice and yeah I mean they're still there any team with Crosby and Malkin I mean they're still they're obviously still going to be there yeah. What was what was CC? Wasn't he wasn't he Riley's partner in Toronto? On the yeah, first, I'm not. A, the I know he was on. He was with Ottawa for a little bit, and then I think he went to Toronto last year. But yeah, I'm not sure where they slotted him. Yeah, because he, he it's it's kind of like he's never not you know got a chance. But like, I guess he I guess you could say like unfair hate because like yeah, he's on. Yeah. I mean, he's playing with Riley, who's an offensive defenseman, so he's taking most of the defensive responsibilities with a team where the forwards don't really come back to the D zone. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. So last scene we got are Frankie's Washington caps. Yeah. So um, kind of similar to a lot of teams in this division. It's just another team with an aging core that has gotten them to the playoffs for a long time at this point and their windows closing quickly. And now they got a new coach coming in who's an established coach who I like a lot, Peter Lavriette. Um, and going into this year, I think their biggest question is how are their, how's their goalie going to fare? I mean, he's a 22-year-old goalie that last year probably would have been the number one if the season continued because Holpe was struggling. But even then, even if he does start to struggle in his first full season as a full-time NHL starter, they really don't have an established number two. I mean, there's going to be another guy with no NHL experience. It's going to be between Phoenix Copley and Vitek Vanishek, I don't even know how to say his name. And they offered um, Craig Anderson from the Senators a professional tryout, but I think he's going to be on the taxi squad. So I don't really even know if he's going to see that much NHL time. Um, going off to their defensive additions, at the end of last year when they lost to the Islanders, I was very pessimistic going into this season. But I do not – I thought their offseason was actually a little bit underrated. Um, uh, Justin Schultz. If you throw him in as your number four, I think he's fine as long as Jensen's playing fifth or sixth man minutes on the back end. I think you're going to be all right there. They also added Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who could be a fine number six, too, if one of those guys go down. And then they still have Martin Fehavari. I barely even know how to say his name. But he's a young, the young guy. Yeah, young up-and-coming defenseman. They played a little bit last year once they were a little bit banged up because um, I know Michael Kempney was out last year. I think he still is going to be out this year, but he was out last year, and he was sliding. He had, uh, what, Achilles? I think it was Achilles. Yeah, so I think he's done. Oh, yeah, so I think he's done. But I like Faravari as an up-and-coming player. And then recently, their most recent signing was uh, going out and getting Zidane Chara, who's really going to help with the PK. And if he's playing 15 minutes a game as your sixth man, uh, you know, a veteran that big, um, you know, that established in the league, I think that's fine. I mean, he probably won't play every single night. But um, then again, I don't know. Maybe he still has it a little bit. It's just He just looks so slow and goofy out there. But his reach is so big, and he can just block every pass and shot. He's still just not a have, not bad to have you know, on your team. I really do think Henrik Lundqvist going down with that, what was it, either a lung issue or a heart issue? I think it was a heart it, issue. I think he just had open heart surgery. Yeah, he had open heart surgery. I think that hurts more than people realize because having a guy like that behind Samson. What, open heart surgery? Well, no, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> no, it hurts the team because having a guy like that behind Samsonov really, really would have helped him going into this year. He helped a young guy like that in his first NHL season, helped him get his confidence. 
and he does seem like a confident kid. I'm not, I'm, I'm, Definitely. That, that's that backup goalie that, that yeah. I was referencing. Yeah. Um, they also added Sheary and Sprong are fun additions. And right now they're on their third line, and apparently they're looking good. But I, I don't know. I haven't really watched in their scrimmages at least. My biggest problem, though, is their top six does not play fast in his speed game today. I mean, if you look at Backstrom's, you know, he lost his step. Ovechkin lost his step. Oshie's still kind of there, but, you know, you, if he's playing right now, that's going to be – that's what it looks like is going to be the top line, Oshie, Backstrom, Ovechkin. And then if you look at their second line, Verona, Kuznetsov, and Wilson. So I think it's still a pretty good top six, but I don't know where the depth scoring is going to come from this year. I mean, you have Haglin on your fourth line. He's had one goal in, like, 200 games or something like that. <laughs> so and he, and he'll have, like, four breakaways a game too. But um, uh, Do you think McMichael will get a look this year? I do not think so. I think I don't think he's gonna make it this year, but I wish he did. He might be on the taxi squad. Actually, I don't know though. If he's not gonna make the team, why put him on the taxi squad and prevent him from playing? You know, that's a, that's gonna be interesting to see if if teams do uh, put those guys that that they do plan on debuting this year if they start them out on the taxi squad. Yeah. Because other if you're not, I guess call ups will work normally from AHL to NHL. And yeah, then the taxi squad is just yeah. for, you know, kind of like extra guys if you, yeah. someone goes down. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I had. I don't I don't hate their defensive additions they made in the offseason. I actually think they're pretty underrated and good. Um, biggest question going in is the goalie and their bottom six scoring, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, you covered pretty much everything. I mean, the, the Caps are still an offensive power. Uh, second in goals four last year. But – you know, the question for me is, um, you know, are they going to focus more on their own end? You know, defense as a whole is uh, what I'm looking at, and that's that's goes to forwards as well. I mean, they were 18th in goals against last year, um, which isn't terrible when you're when you're when you're second in goals four. But um, you know, and then uncharacteristically, the power play was only 17th. Um, but I mean, they just power play. What's that? Power play just seems too predictable to me, and their breakouts are awful because they have no speed. The only guy, the only speed guy they have out there is Kuznetsov, and you know, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, they just they need more defensive emphasis from the forwards, and I mean that goes to Kuznetsov and Brana mainly, probably. Yeah. Um. But then, uh, I'm not sure about the defense. I mean, they add. They add Schultz and Char to the left side, but I, I don't really love the that bottom half D after Carlson, Orlov, and Dylan. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I just I think that I think that Char will be you know a good acquisition, like you said. Just I mean, just for a stick alone, like his stick yeah, is yeah. seven feet long. Yeah. But yeah, that's about all I had for them. I mean, they're still, they're still. I mean, they're still a playoff team. Yeah, I had. I think I have a bold prediction for my playoffs right now, and I might look like an idiot. Actually, I know it's bold now that I'm looking at it. Your, your prediction for this top four you got? Yeah, for the top four. Yeah, yeah. All right, let us hear it. Go. No, no, no. Temp starts. I started the last one. That's right. All right. So winning the division. Winning the division. Yep. Um. I have the Flyers winning this division. I have Philly winning the division. The Bruins in second. I got the Penguins in second. I have the Penguins in third. 
I got the Islanders in third. I got the Caps in fourth. I got the Caps in fourth. I have the Bruins missing the playoffs. Wow. Dude, see, when I was when I was prepping uh, for this for this fine podcast, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would I looked at the Bruins for so long because I just because. I just looked at the roster and it just doesn't look amazing, but yeah, it's just like their def- their defense for me. Cause it was either for me, it was either Bruins and first or second or Bruins and fifth. Yeah. I, I probably should add that. And I'm sure you agree with this, but so we both, we both agree that it's, you know, Philly, Boston, Pittsburgh, New York, and Washington and the, the top, five yeah, yeah one of them will obviously miss the playoffs but i mean if you have if you have boston and in, in fifth place they might be they might be five points behind the division leader yeah definitely yeah miss the playoffs yeah very true um but i think i think the rangers are going to be making some noise for a little bit and then fall off this year yes yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think they'll be like a, a streaky team. Yeah, yeah. We doing cup too, or are we just going? Yeah, I just want just to wrap up. I wanted to hear if you guys had a quick month uh, about a prediction for Stanley Cup. Oh geez, I didn't even think about this yet. This is so hard. I know. Because th- there's no conferences this year too, so it literally could be any right. of the teams we picked. Right. All right. I'm just gonna look at each of my four. I mean, it's gotta be them. I hate saying that, but it's got to be them. It's got to be them. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's go first. You first, Frank. I just got uh, – wait, no, I'm nervous now. Dude, I'm, like, going back and forth between <laughs> two, two teams right now. It's so, so – uh, okay. So I have I'm, four teams in mind. So I'm looking at the – all right, let's just go division by division then. So I'm looking at the Central right now, and I don't see another team other than the Lightning getting out. I disagree. Are you saying the Canes? The Canes. Okay, okay. All right, well, let's keep that. So I got Lightning, you got Canes for there. All right, what about the West now? This guy, it's got to be the Abs. All right, I'm just, I'm just saying – I'm just saying my picks – all right, go for your picks then. I don't think. All right. Carolina Hurricanes versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I just think because, I mean, because it'll be – if that if that were the case, the Hurricanes would have to beat the Lightning and the Knights would have to beat the Abs. And, I mean, I'm just saying, like, expect the unexpected, yeah. basically. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I mean, it's so easy to pick a favorite. But it just doesn't always happen. But I will add, like, if you look at the past, if you look at the the past calendar year, uh, twenty twenty, so Chiefs Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Lakers win the NBA, Lightning win the Cup, and then the Dodgers win baseball. Like, those are four like heavy favorites at teams that are like are always expected to be there. So you're not going to sit. So next year, you're uh, I think I think it's going to and well, and you could actually add Alabama to that yeah. <laughs> last night, but I think that's not going to continue. It wasn't okay. wasn't 2019 
Blues, Blues Nationals Raptors, all first time champions. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's correct. Little tidbit there. I just have some stinky feeling deep inside of me that a Canadian team's going to get there this year. Oh, just because it is one, stinky. Just because, just because one Canadian team is automatically going to the final four. That means that whole, true. That whole country, that, they're going to get some momentum going. I just got weird. Something creepy and weird inside of me is saying that it's either going to be the Leafs or the Oilers who make the Stanley Cup, and I'm taking the Oilers. All right, Frankie, tell uh, tell the listeners the last time a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. It was 1993, I believe, the Canadians. Well, 27 years ago, eight years ago. And out of – and I think it's going to be oh, – I'll go Oilers-Philly early. And I think the Oilers – they've played in the Cup before, too, maybe two times, actually. But I'll go Oilers-Philly, and I like the Oilers to win. It's a lot of orange. That is a lot of True. orange. Too much orange. Some, got, some I'm going to try to stick to that, too. My team, I got to stick with the Panthers, too. There's the one team that I was like, they're coming. And I will. Nice. So, I um, guess that concludes yeah, I guess our NHL preview. Oh, yeah, let's go. Um, Maybe three games tomorrow, 530, 8, and 10. Let's go. Yeah, looking forward to hockey starting now that my football season's officially over. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, where can they can find us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast at Frankie 0740 yep. and at Alex Templin 3. All right. On Instagram. <laughs> uh, Alex underscore temp. That's close. Sweet. All right, cool. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me, Jack. It was a pleasure.